Hello, this is Karen Griffin introducing Space to Bees podcast on people and performance, leadership and love. Conversations with leaders, practitioners, experts, authors and anyone with extensive experience and good insight into the world of work in the 21st century. Today, it's great to welcome back Dr. Catherine McEwen, who is here to talk to us about team resilience. Catherine is a global lead at Working with Resilience, creator of the Resilience at Work Toolkit, and co-founder of Click. Hi, Catherine, how are you doing? Good, and thanks, Karen, for having me back again. That's great. You're very welcome. And as I said a little bit earlier, you're looking lovely and tanned as you sit there in Australia and you're getting the beautiful summer whilst we're having a cold winter. Definitely. So I'm not in my bikini, so don't worry about that. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Okay, so um, let's start with the simple question. What do we mean by team resilience? Oh, great. So that's the million dollar question, isn't it? You know, what are we actually talking about when we're talking about team resilience? And um, and I guess you're probably going to get 101 definitions of that from people. It's a bit like leadership, isn't it? You know, people have their own version. But what I see it as is um, the collective capacity of a team to sustain their performance over the longer term particularly in the sort of environments that we're seeing at the moment, you know, lots of change, lots of pressure, lots of disruption. And if I was to unpack a little bit around what I mean by sustainable performance, there's sort of three elements, I think. It's about collectively having a healthier relationship with whatever the key pain points and challenges are for the team at that point in time. Plus, it's about adapting to all the disruptions. So adapting in a healthy way again, which is about learning and growth. And finally, I think when we're talking about teams, we do have to have an eye on the horizon to stay relevant because at the end of the day, a resilient team is one that stays relevant, which actually means it's actually meeting the business needs and the stakeholder needs. And so to do that, you have to really you know, look forward to look back. It's a bit like in coaching, they talk about forward, back and outside in, you know, there's definitely a piece of um, proactive preparation, which is in addition to adapting and being on top of, you know, really what you have to deliver and the pressures of that. So it's a long answer, but I think it's those three things come together that really say we are sustainably performing in our environment and delivering on what we need to deliver on, which makes us resilient. Great. So we'll get into some of the detail of some of those components in a short while. So Catherine, as I think about high performing teams, because we've done a lot of work in that space during the last 20 years, um, clearly resilience and all of the terms that you've just been using here, cohesion, collaboration, These phrases emerge regularly in these conversations. How does team resilience as a concept correlate with high-performing teams? Well, I don't actually think that at the moment you could be a high-performing team without the elements of team resilience. So I think the concept of high performance is shifting simply because the environment is shifting. And the other thing that I'm wondering, too, is whether or not we might need to move away from the concept of high performance being the destination, when what we know, particularly in teams, is with all the shifts and changes, 
we might reach that destination today where we might call ourselves high performing, but tomorrow that could be quite easily disruptive. So I like to think of team resilience as a dynamic state that's constantly evolving and is a journey that needs input. And if we connect it to high performing team, which is your question, when we first developed our measure of team resilience quite a few years ago now, it was really clear that you could not be a resilient team without actually having some of the key components of team effectiveness, which we've known from you know, decades of research, shared purpose, aligned goals, the right talent, good team processes, all of those things were really important. So how I've added on this element, which is resilience as opposed to traditional effective teamwork is in our research, we looked at what else were teams needing to do to be effective in today's world of complexity and pressure and change. And so we've taken, I guess, the elements of team effectiveness and we've added these additional factors. And they're things like when there's not enough resources to do what we need to do, teams need to be really resourceful. They need to continually innovate. They need to optimize what they have to deliver. And in an environment where there's lots of setbacks that come out of left field, we need mechanisms where we persevere and we reset and we're going to solution focus. So I guess when I'm talking about team resilience, I'm talking about team 101, <laughs> if you like. Yeah. Plus saying it's a journey, not a destination. So we can't claim it in the same way that I don't think we can all claim high-performing teams anymore. We also can't claim that we are resilient other than in the moment, if that sort of makes sense. <laughs> it a lot of sense. And I will just repeat that key point because, <clears throat> you know, I'm having internet problems despite being with two major providers here um so yes journey, uh, yeah, we won't name them um so journey uh, it, resilience is a journey not a destination I think that's a, a fabulous point um and and how leaders might be able to say my team is resilient at this current moment yeah who knows what the context is going to be next yes. week or next month yeah okay but that's very that's yeah. very um uh empowering in a way um and useful i think for, for leaders so um what would the gold standard approach be to building team resilience well of course i'm going to say what we do aren't I? <laughs> and that's what, that's what you're here for <laughs> i guess one of the areas i've seen which i think is suboptimal if i can say that first of all is there is a bit of a belief that if we invest in everyone individually and we make sure people are clear on their boundaries and their self-care and their purpose and all those things that we spoke about in our first podcast together that create individual resilience, if we just invest in those and we put everyone together, we're not necessarily going to get a resilient team. And I think that's really important because a lot of the work I am seeing, which is called team resilience, is actually all about individuals and individually we if we're all resilient we're meant to be collectively collectively resilient concept which we're calling team resilience is different yes we have to show up and we have to do our own if you like our own accountability but it's quite different 
So as I mentioned, um, our approach is very much around you know, assessing the team based on core team effectiveness, but also whether or not they're investing in those other areas. And the real key word, Karen, is collective, because collective means alignment. So we're looking at alignment on purpose. We're looking at alignment on values. We're looking at alignment on um, how the work's done. We're looking at alignment on, um, you know, work-life integration. We're looking at alignment on belonging. So there are lots of factors that we explore of understanding and an alignment on it, which actually creates resilience. And so we developed this resilience um, at work team model a few years ago now and it's quite fascinating that initially that was developed around uh, work which was quite challenging and now it really applies to almost any occupation because we're all challenged at the moment for various various reasons Um, and the other thing I'll add to that in terms of gold standard is and this links a little bit back to what I was saying earlier on is We really do need to take a systemic approach. So I see the gold standard as what do we do individually? What do we do as team? What do we do as leaders? And how do we we align those within the context of our stakeholders and our organisation? So the gold standard for me is team resilience is one piece of the systemic approach that we need to be doing to build of resilience so that's sort of a, a summary I suppose of gold yes. of gold standard very useful thank you so um practically um other than you know finding out your number and uh working with some of your great consultants and in, in helping them achieve this which of course we're, we're one of them but uh, so what three simple first steps might least listeners take themselves so whether you're an individual or a leader of a team what are, what are some of the simple things we can do today? Okay, that, um, so if I'm a leader, so say I'm a leader of a team, might be an IT team, might be a health team, it doesn't really matter. So if I'm looking at building the resilience of my team, or perhaps I'm a coach like you are and consulting to a team, I think the first step really is to get a really clear understanding of what are the major pain points we collectively have that we need a healthier relationship with in order to feel resilient. So it's really important, I think, to understand context and to meet the team where they are. So I think in the past, and certainly in my experience in developing teams in the past, you've tended to just develop them across the board. You know, they need to be better at this and better at that and better than the other. It's really about looking at if they were to be more resilient, how would they be working in their current environment? And because we're talking about resilience here, it's invariably around the pressures and challenges. So I think first step is being really clear on what that might look like. And that can be as simple as people sitting down and just generating a whole list of what the challenges are and then actually prioritizing those. And this is where in our in our new platform click, or we use tech to actually do all this to help teams anonymously put in their challenges and vote on their challenges and so on. Yeah. So I've done this as a team lead. The second thing I really need to do is I really need to have a sense of 
where my team are at the moment. So I need some sort of diagnostic, you know, something that really gives me a sense of team performance at the moment. Um, and then what that enables me to do is to have a really good understanding of my baseline, it doesn't it, of how the team's performing at the moment. And then the third step is really saying, for this challenge, which we prioritized, what are the strengths revealed by this diagnostic we've done that we can leverage? Yeah. And what are the areas we need to develop? So what we're doing is we're taking a very focused strategic view by looking at what can we actually nuance or shift or improve or leverage around our team dynamics and processes and the way we work to better manage this particular challenge. And we just progressively do that. So it's very much, you know, for me, it's really important. It's not like a one-off workshop. It's a constant conversation of what is it we need to be better on top of at the moment and adapt to or plan for, reflect on our team, what are we doing well and what are we doing less well? And that's what I mean about the journey of reflection. Yeah. Um, so context-specific is really, really important. And I think a menu of running out the same team development across an organisation, for example, just doesn't work for that. And I, and I was having a conversation just um, having a coffee in the week with a colleague and she's working in a really demanding organisation. And it's really interesting that the symptoms that they're seeing in the team, you know, like burnout, nutrition and um, you know, disengagement are the same. But when she works with the team to do the diagnostics, the source of that are quite different. So if we were to run a program which was considering they're all the same, we would miss the mark. So it really is understanding the context, understanding the pain points, as I said, having an idea of where your team are, and then looking at what do we what what do we do well we can leverage and what do we need to develop against that challenge. So that's I mean, they sound simple, but of course there's a lot more involved in that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's something every leader can easily do, I think. Okay, that's and that's really coaches useful. as well. Yeah. It's very bespoke, and I'm loving the how you've clearly outlined how the context is key. So similar symptoms, different source issues. Excellent. So yeah. are there any watch outs we need to be aware of? Yeah, so I guess I just mentioned a couple and I'll add, I'll add some as well. I mean, the, the one is the one size doesn't fit all, so that needs to be bespoke and you do need to understand the context. Um, the other one that um, I'm finding um, emerging is this concept of benchmarking. So once again, you know, you and I would have done a lot of assessments over the years where we benchmark teams, don't we? So you get compared to the norms. And in the same way that I'm wondering whether or not high performance has sort of had its day, <laughs> I'm wondering too whether benchmarking is actually can be quite demotivating. I'm not here talking about not having KPIs or anything, but I'm talking about we do a diagnostic, we're found to be suboptimal on, you know, A, B and C, and we're told we have to improve A, B and C. Mm -hmm. And we see other teams in our organisation and we're underneath those teams in the organisation. So we're actually again seen as underperforming in our organisation. Yeah. 
So if we go back to this concept of, you know, we wanting to actually nuance and develop our team against our challenges, it absolutely makes no sense to compare, for example, and we're just talking about a hospital stay just before we came on. Yeah. There's absolutely no value in comparing a team, for example, an emergency department with a corporate team, which might be in accounts or governance. Yeah. How can we possibly? expect them all to be above the benchmark on everything when their context is different and when we're comparing them to maybe an IT company outside you know so I think it's actually very much my philosophy at the moment is right or wrong is we need to benchmark teams against themselves yeah so what is it they feel that they need to develop that's actually going to be in service of their work and their and their clients rather than so you're actually not a high-performing team? So I think there's um, a real um, nuancing around benchmarking. I think that can really go wrong if we focus too much on the diagnostic and the benchmarking. Um, and I've also mentioned I think it can go wrong where you are not thinking about the rest of the system where we're just doing things in isolation so we're working with individual leaders or we're working with teams and we're not actually considering what else is happening um in in their context so 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 not looking at the system benchmarking not considering context having a one-off workshop i think all of those are uh, you know we do them all but they can be suboptimal i think so we need yes. to watch a little bit for that um in my mind anyway and i'm loving how you've just um explored the idea has high performing teams had its day wow that is pretty profound and i i understand your reasons as to why you're saying that um as too i also i kind of align with you on the benchmarking point as well because it's all about context isn't it um so it, so I, I know this isn't on our list of questions but I'm, I'm literally building on what you've just said there but um so where do we go if 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 we were to extend the thought that high performing teams may have had their day are you advocating that instead we need to be looking at um high team resilience as a replacement and and re and, and doing that in a way that you've just described i.e context specific unique for them benchmarking against their own performance not other kind of random departments that have nothing to do with with what they do is that what you're advocating Catherine seven components that we know create team resilience you know a sense of connection and emotional glue um an alignment around tasks say, um, um uh, resourcefulness so there are seven components that we actually know are really important and what I'm suggesting is, yes, we measure where we're at on those, but we don't expect people to actually be at a particular benchmark below or usually above everyone else. That so we say to the teams, right, these are the things that are, we know are really important to resilience. For this key priority challenge that you've identified, which of these components is most important? And how good are you at the moment and can you do better? So an example might be that we've just, so say you've got a team and I've got a team and we've just been merged, but our workload hasn't shifted. <laughs> okay, so we've merged, um, we've probably got less members, but in fact, we've still got the same amount of work to do, maybe with two thirds of the membership. 
So if we were to look at the components of resilience that are matter there, well, clearly one is how do we optimize the limited resources we have to still deliver? So that becomes really important. We might be in a situation where we are working remotely and um, we're going to continue to work remotely. So the component of connectiveness might be important. So how do we still develop a sense of belonging and connect and support and cooperate even though we're continuing to work um, remotely. So I guess that's what, I'm, what I mean around um, we, we the components are the same, but what we focus on different, and we're not getting too worried about how we're benchmarked against anyone else, we're benchmarking against ourselves. So we're wanting to see ourselves improve in the areas that we actually think are important to deliver on our performance. Um, so I'm not saying through our high-performing teams or teamwork, I'm saying resilience incorporates effective teamwork. Yes. But I am questioning the destination of claiming to be there. The yes. <laughs> we are high-performing, you know, so, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? People think yes. we're high-performing, tick, done that, have to do anything else. Yeah. Okay. So thank you for that clarification, because that is actually quite important. Because yeah, we've been assessed. To summarise, no, high-performing teams aren't dead as a concept. Team resilience is, that, is a core component of that. By breaking elements down of team resilience, each team needs to be choosing which aspects are core to their high performance and maximising out on those whilst down downgrading the others yeah. at this point in time. Thank you, lovely. Yeah. And um, I, you know, I just want to apologise to listeners for this the terrible um, internet, but I am going to persevere and we'll edit out as much of it as we possibly can. Um, so what else is yeah. important that we may have missed? That's our final question. What else is important? important. Okay, um, I don't know whether we've missed anything. I'll reinforce a few things, I guess. It's really time to move away from individuals to look at the power of the collective and what we can do together. Um, so it's not discounting that, but it's saying we've spent a lot of energy on that and a lot of money on that. We're not seeing the results. We need to be focusing more on the team. We also need to be moving more to the source. Okay, what are the sources of what's going on? Um, and we need to be looking at how does what we do individually and as leaders and teams and with our stakeholders align. So really moving to that, I keep saying that word systemic, but that's, you know, that's the summary of it that's really important. Um, yeah, and we need to also recognise this is hard work, you know. So I think one of the reasons sometimes why we just do the workshop guilty off and say, right, we've done team resilience, but... This is actually um, a journey of reassessment, development, um, a discipline, I guess, of constantly um, assessing how we're going in this because it shifts and changes quite dramatically, particularly within teams. So I think that discipline of routine, and that's another reason why we developed um, our app, is to try to get teams into that um, habit of constantly reviewing how their team is performing against the current challenges and developing. So that evolution of it, if you like. So 
Yeah, so um, that's sort of not really what we mean, but I guess a reinforcement of some of the key areas that I think are important. Of course, it's my view and there's lots of others. <laughs> no, I, I agree with what you said. I mean, I, I, the piece about individual versus collective, I think you need both. Because if you are a leader of that collective, you know, there will be things emerging in those collective conversations um, that the leader needs to be paying attention to from his or her leadership style. Um, so, uh, so and and absolutely the systemic approach, which is, a, you know, kind of culture and how organisations are designed and, and all of that. It's a three-pronged approach, perhaps, then, Catherine, um, and all of it needs yeah. attention, but I, I do agree with you. Uh, the team, the collective, needs a bit of dialing up in, the, in this current climate. And if we reflect on leadership, you know, so if you're the leader of my team, absolutely, you need to be still showing up with all your stuff <laughs> sorted, you know, so you're yes. investing in your own self-care and boundaries and purpose so on but you are also as a leader creating a work climate that fosters these elements of team resilience so you have a sort of a double whammy if you like of personally role modeling but also creating the right environment with a psychological safety and so on that creates resilience in itself so um, all of those things um, so that's another piece of the pie which is the leadership piece yeah, yeah. and you can't ignore that because you could have teams doing the best they can leaders need to get out of their own way and create the space for teams to do this work and knowing that is part of self-awareness as well I guess as, as, as leaders yeah yeah thank you very much Catherine and um, that was really useful thank you for your time today pleasure thank you <laughs>